Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to episode 352. Um, let's talk about stones and how they affected the early development of woodworking tools. It wasn't long after man began to use rocks for tools that he noticed their abrasive qualities and put them to use for polishing first other stones and then newfangled tools of bronze and iron. A wide variety of natural materials have been used to grind and polish metal. The natural stones are usually known by the name of their source. Beyond the familiar Arkansas stone, there was the Turkey stone, the Belgian, the Labrador, etc., etc. Other materials have been used as well. Britons once sharpened their skies on wooden ripe sticks covered with tallow and sand. Armorers polished metal with handfuls of scouring rushes or horsetails, a plant which isolates silica in its cells. For stropping leather, often charged with jeweler's rouge, available at hardware stores as buffing compound, is the most commonly used material. I've occasionally used the undersides of woody shell fungi that grow out of the sides of tree for this purpose also. The makers of artificial stones try to capture some of the romance of natural materials by giving them such names as the India. But they're made of bonded synthetic resins, such as silicon carbide. In the Dictionary of Tools, R.A. Solomon relates the story of a Brixton ironmonger who, when he could not convince carpenters of the value of the new artificial oil stones, and this was in 1901, would throw one against the wall. As the stone would not break, he sometimes made the sale. These artificial stones have largely replaced the natural ones in today's market, except for only the finest works. The favored natural abrasive was, and is, about the most common material on earth, silicon dioxide. Silica sand, indeed, the root of the word sand goes back to the ancient Greek pesin, meaning to rub. Silica is hard and sharp when the grains are fresh. When rubbed about, though the sharper edges become rounded and will no longer cut as well. Beach sand, which has been knocked about a lot by water, will not work as well as grit as the freshly eroded from the rock. In his report on Macaulay's whetstones, Olstead mentioned that one of their desirable qualities was they, they wear away quite fast. Using such a stone constantly reveals fresh surfaces of sharp particles. A stone that does not wear away faster than the metal that it is abrading will quickly glaze and stop cutting. Either from the sharp edges having been rounded or from the particles of metal filling the spaces between the abrasive grains. The oil for honing that Olmsted mentioned helps to prevent this last problem by holding the metal particles in suspension and keeping the grit clean. The suspended particles of grit also aid in the polishing of an edge. The water that is used on sandstones for grinding also washes away worn particles and softens the surfaces of the stone so that it will wear more readily and evenly. 
Olmsted said that Macaulay stones will set a fine edge because their grit is both fine and sharp. The size of the grit determines how finely the metal surface will be worked by contact with the stone. Abrasive stones work by scratching away the metal surface. When you grind a chisel on a sandstone wheel, the large particles take deep, widely spaced scratches out of the surface. This quickly shapes and sharpens the metal, but not in the way we'd like, but leaves the edge too rough and ragged to part the fibers of the wood cleanly. When you then hone the edge of a stone with smaller particles, the scratches produced are smaller and closer together. The result is a polished edge that is finer and keener and one that will meet with less resistance as it is forced through the bundles of cellulose that we call wood. The finest stones are those that have the smallest grain size and the least amount of foreign matter between the abrasive particles of the rock. The highly regarded Arkansas stone can be most pure silica and appear pure white. Foreign matter colors stones and affects the cutting action by dispersing the actively abrasive grains so that the scratches make them further apart. These impurities can cause a great variation in how the stone will wear, faster or slower, and will determine in large part the tendency of the stone to glaze or not. Carpenters generally prefer a soft, fast-wearing stone, both because it cuts quickly and because the broad blades of the carpenter's tools will wear away the stone evenly across its surface. The best way to obtain a final edge on a soft or porous stone is to draw the blade backward across its face. I usually do this for a few strokes and after I work the edge in a circular motion on the whole surface of the stone. The narrow tools of carvers would qu quickly gouge out the soft stones that carpenters and joiners usually use. They must have as hard a stone as possible to resist irregular wear. The hard black Arkansas is the stone of choice. So let's talk about the care of stones. All wet stones need to be kept in a wooden box to protect them from breakage, dirt, and the elements. A stone that is exposed to the sun will harden and tend to glaze much more quickly. Clean your stone with plenty of oil or water after each use and you put it away. The wooden box will retain some of the oil or water and keep the stone fresh for its next use. Protect the surface of the stone by working the tool being sharpened over the whole of its width, not just to one side. Inevitably, the ends of the stone will get to be higher than the middle. When this gets to be a, a nuisance, you can resurface the stone by rubbing it against another one. A chunk of sandstone is excellent for this also, or a sheet of abrasive paper set on a flat surface, such as what I use, half-inch float glass. In many of the old towns of Europe, a stone step of the stairway of a certain house was discovered, incidentally, to be a good whetstone. This spot would eventually become community property and be worn slowly away under countless kitchen knives. Chances are there is some worthy stone near you just waiting to go to work. So if you cut your own trees, why not cut your own rock?
Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing out. Thanks for listening.